You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Last week, we began a brand new sermon series called It's Complicated. Anybody can agree with me that life does sometimes get complicated, right? Well, you know, how do we respond to that? Today, as we get into part two, we're going to look at this theme, attitude adjustment. We're we're looking at and studying the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. So in Genesis 39, we're going to kind of pick up where we left off last week. Now, last week, we learned that Joseph, he was a young man, 17 years old, who loved God. He served God. But unfortunately, his brothers didn't like him, and his brothers threw him into a pit. Then they finally said, well, why don't we just sell him? So they sold him, and he ended up in, a, in the land of Egypt, in a foreign country, uh, rejected by his family. And, uh, you know, life got very complicated. Life got very complicated for, for Joseph. And then to make matters worse, as he was there in Egypt, uh, he, he was helping out. He was assistant to Mr. Potiphar, who was Pharaoh's second in command. And then he caught the, uh, I mean, the, the, the wife, Mrs. Potiphar, kind of took a liking to Joseph, and she made the moves on Joseph. Now, how did Joseph respond? He rejected the temptation, rejected the sin, and she came up with these false allegations that he raped her. And, of course, Joseph was innocent. So here we find, again, life got even more complicated for Joseph. I mean, after all, he loved the Lord. He served God. He was living a life of integrity. He resisted sin. And he found himself where? In a prison because of false accusations. Let's read Genesis 39, verse 19. It says, But while Joseph was there in prison... The Lord was with him. Somebody say, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. Because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Let me stop right there. How can you weigh those two things. The Lord gave him success, but hold on. Wasn't he thrown in a pit? Yep. Wasn't he rejected and sold by his brothers? Yep. Wasn't he falsely accused? Yep. Well, how can we say the Lord is with them? We're going to learn about that, and could it be it was all about Joseph's attitude? Today, our topic is this, attitude adjustment. If we simply have the right attitude, then we can handle life's complications. Lord, thank you for the privilege we have to be here today. Lord, to just experience your presence is absolutely phenomenal. We just pray as we get into the teaching of your word that you would come alive in us, Lord God, as we just sang, you are everything. You are alive, and thank you for that, Lord. As we get into the teaching, speak to us, Lord. We give you the glory and praise, and we receive what you have for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Today, we're looking at the theme, attitude adjustment. Ever notice anyone who needed an attitude adjustment? You know, maybe you're in the line at HEB and you see a a child who is acting up and uh, 
wants what they want, and they kind of need an attitude adjustment, and you kind of wish their parents, you know, did something about it, right? Has, has anybody given you a, 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 an attitude, you know what I'm talking about, and you feel like hugging them around the neck with a rope? No, no, I'm joking, I'm joking, okay? <laughs> There's some people who do have an attitude, and today we're going to talk about how some of us might really benefit from an attitude adjustment. I ran across this as an example of a bad attitude. This one gentleman was writing, he says, I'm being trained for a management in a, in a photography studio, and the manager trainer uh, calls a prospective employee uh, to see if he wants to apply for a job. So, so this gentleman who works for the company, trying to hire somebody, calls, and the, on the other end, it says, hello, like if they just woke up. Hello, this is Randy from, and he says the name of the studio. And I'm looking for, he gives a name, to inquire about a position here in the photography studio. Oh, yeah, that would be me. And it didn't sound too excited about this job opportunity. Uh, and so he tells, uh, he tells him, well, this is what this job's about. And, and maybe, maybe uh, it's about 10 o'clock in the morning, and here's the requirements. And, and so uh, the applicant that gone there said, well... Yeah, sorry, you just woke me up, and I got to tell you, I'd love to work for you, but I can't work and before uh, noon every day because I need my sleep. Uh, I need to be gone by four, and, and I really don't deal well with people. So I, I want to be a photographer, but not the seller. People wasn't selling himself very well. Mm. Uh, being a photographer, well, you would engage with with clients, telling them where to stand, stand or sit how to pose, and our photographers are also studio sales associates and often sell their own photographs with the clients. Is that, is that something you're willing to do? Yeah, whatever. When do I start? Well, I'd like to set up an interview with you first. Uh, how does today at 1 o'clock sound? Are you serious? You mean I have to go in to do an interview in order to get this job? I don't know. Well, yeah, that's how things work around here. The employee starts to get a little frustrated. Well, I had plans today. Sorry about that. I'll, I'll call you back. Well, that's an example of somebody who didn't have a good attitude about a prospective job. Sometimes we fall into the trap of having a bad attitude. Sometimes we rub shoulders with people who have a bad attitude. How do we deal with that? Well, maybe life hasn't been kind to them. And we find Joseph in this situation and in Genesis 37, Genesis 39, he could have easily fallen into the trap of a bad attitude. But he had a fantastic attitude. Here's a to-another-level lesson. It's not always a situation that needs to change or even the other person. More often than that, it's our attitude that needs to change. Sometimes you say, God, would you change this? God, would you change this person? God, would you change my husband? Would you change my wife? Would you change my boss? God, would you change the situation? When God says, wait a minute, <laughs> it's you I need to change. Huh? Sometimes we are the ones that need a little attitude adjustment. A man saw a construction crew building a church in a downtown city. As he approached uh, them, he, he wanted to ask him the question, what are you doing? The first worker responded by saying, well, I'm building a building. The second construction worker said, what am I doing? I'm, I'm working because I need to earn a living. A third construction worker says, I have the privilege of being a part of a facility where hundreds of people will come to eternal life 
in Jesus Christ. Wow, what a great attitude. But you see, each of these three construction workers had a different perspective and attitude. So attitude adjustment, three things I want to talk about today as we use Joseph as an example. Number one, we can adjust our attitude to go from animosity to love, from animosity to love. Going back to Genesis 37, we read, and we kind of looked at this last week, that Joseph was uh, mistreated and abused by his brothers. Let's read from verse 23. It says, so when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe the ornate robe he was wearing. And as I took him and threw him into the cistern, the pit, the pit was empty and there was no water in it. Jumping to verse 28 of Genesis 37. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Now let's stop right there. If anything would give you and I permission to have a bad attitude, it was probably if your family sold you, or even if they threatened to kill you, that would be a bad, uh, maybe give you an, an opportunity to have a bad attitude. But Joseph didn't have a bad attitude. No, no, no. He, he, in fact, had a great attitude. It's so easy that when life gets the best of us, we fall into the trap of a bad attitude. And it's easy when somebody does us wrong to want to retaliate. I'm going to get them back. I'm going to retaliate. Reminds me of what happened on June the 17th, 2015, in Charleston, South Carolina. You probably remember this story. A young man named Dylan Roof made a horrible decision, and he gunned down nine people that day. Shortly afterwards, the daughter of one of the victims, one of the nine people who died, this lady who died was Ethel Lance. Her daughter, Nadine Collier, said this. She said, I forgive you. She was talking to this killer. I forgive you. You took something very precious from me, and I will never talk to her again. I will never hold her again, but I forgive you. I have mercy on your soul. See, the natural response was animosity, but the supernatural response was love. Why did Nadine choose love over animosity? I believe that it was her strong desire to love God and love people. So I ask you, has someone ever done you wrong? What's your reaction? Joseph had one reaction. His brothers did him wrong. Oh, yeah, they did. But how do you respond when someone stabs you in the back or talks behind your back or someone just does flat out does you wrong or treats you bad? How do you respond? An Armenian nurse had been held captive along with her brother uh, uh, by the Turks. Her brother was slain by a Turkish soldier before her eyes. Her brother died by these people. Somehow, she escaped and later became a nurse in the military hospital. One day, she was stunned to find out that the same man who killed her brother had been captured and brought wounded to the hospital where she was working. Something within her cried out, Vengeance! This is the man who killed your brother. But a stronger voice called her to love. She nursed this man back to health. And finally, the recuperating soldier asked her, why didn't you let me die? I am a follower of Jesus Christ, she said. And Jesus said, love your enemies and do good to them who hate you. Impressed with her answer, the young soldier said, I never heard such words before. Tell me more. I want to know more about this religion. Wow. 
Do you realize that when she made the choice to love, it literally transformed this other man's life? Now, she could have chose vengeance. Would that have brought this man to faith in Jesus? No way, Jose. It won't happen. But, you know, she chose love. So you have a choice to make, animosity or love. How do you respond when someone does you wrong? Some people may say, well, you know, all these things that happen, you know, I, I didn't deserve this. Yeah, Joseph didn't deserve what he, the way he was treated. Some people say, well, it's just bad luck. No, it's not bad luck. It's, some people say it's karma. Don't say karma. That's, that all has to do with the Buddhist religion. Don't go there. You know, and I'll say this. God doesn't make mistakes either. The word oops is not in God's vocabulary, okay? He doesn't make mistakes. But we have to make a choice. Animosity or love. Does life get complicated? Yep. But we need to have the right attitude. A second thing, learn lesson we can learn about Joseph, about attitude, is this. We can have an attitude adjustment to go from problems to opportunities. Problems to opportunities. Now, let's fast forward to chapter 39 of, of Genesis. And here we find the second incident where Joseph could have very easily built up a bad attitude because he was falsely accused of rape. I don't know if any of you have ever been falsely accused of anything, but it's not a good feeling. Well, Joseph knows exactly what, uh, how it feels. He knows exactly how it feels. So let's read chapter 39, verse 19. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. So, of course, the master was angry at Joseph. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Yeah. And then it says in verse 20, while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those he held in prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So we see here that Joseph was falsely accused. And because of that, he was thrown into prison. Well, we're going to face troubles. In fact, Jesus is quoted in John 16, 33 by saying, In this world you will have trouble. Jesus, that's not very encouraging, (laughs) but it's true. We're going to have trouble. But here's the good news. Jesus is going to be with us every step of the way. As he was with Joseph, he's with us. And Jesus gives us the ability to overcome. Amen? Now, do we have to face trouble? Well, could it be that facing trouble makes us uh, a better person? Heard the story about a young woman who sang a solo in front of a large audience. Her vocal technique was splendid. Her intonation was excellent. Her range was significant. Coincidentally, the man who had written this piece of music that she was singing was sitting in the audience. When the young lady finished singing, the person sitting next to this composer in the audience leaned over and says, well, what do you think of her singing your song? And the composer turned and responded. He says, she will be really great when something happens to break her heart. That was a unique response there. When something happens to break her heart? Yeah, what is he saying? Sometimes we need to be broken in order to fulfill where we need to be in life. 
And I don't know about you, you don't have to raise your hand on the following question, but have you ever found yourself broken in life? Broken because of a relationship? Broken because of the things of life? Broken because of the circumstances? Broken because you were laid off of a job? Broken because of a health issue? Well, that very well could be the place where God wants to take you and help you reach your goals and potential. Not not everybody gets this concept. A.W. Tozer says this, It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Hmm. Pain can shape a life for greatness. Almost every man and woman in the history of our world who has done great things and accomplished great tasks has been through very difficult times. Scars form the foundation of remarkable achievements. So here Joseph found himself in a dungeon for about two years, Scripture says. And while in the dungeon, Joseph met two men. One was a cupbearer. The other was a baker. And they both had dreams. And it just so happened that God had blessed Joseph with the gift of dream interpretation. So he interprets the dreams, and he was right on target. He tells Mr. Baker, well, in three days you're going to die, and that's what happened. And he tells the cupbearer, in three days, you're going to be raised up to prominence. And he tells the cupbearer, when that happens, don't forget about me. I'm still here in prison. Well, things happen exactly the way Joseph said. And uh, unfortunately, the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. So Joseph was spending about two years there in prison. And it seems as though, well, what happened here? God, did you forget about me? Have you ever been in a place in your life that you're serving God, you're loving God, and and you're saying, God, I'm right here. God, did you forget about me? I can imagine those two years that Joseph was facing as he was in the dungeon of that prison there. But once again, Joseph had a great, great uh, perspective, a great attitude. So I ask the question, problem or opportunity? When, what is your attitude like when you face a challenge, when you face a difficulty, when you're dealing with an issue? Do you see it as a problem or an opportunity? Now, i got to tell you this example of a great attitude. I read a story of an incident that happened in the life of Thomas Edison. It's a story of a man who had a great attitude. It's written by Thomas Edison's son, and uh, Charles. And Charles wrote this book called The Electric Thomas Edison. Listen to the story. On one December evening, the cry, fire, echoed through the plant. Spontaneous combustion had broken out in the film room, and within moments, all packing compounds, celluloids for records, and other flammable goods had gone up in a whoosh. When I couldn't find father, I became concerned. Was he safe? With all the assets going up in smoke, would his spirit be broken? He was 67, no age to begin anew. And then I saw him in the plant yard running toward me. Where's mom, he shouted. Go get her. Tell her to get her friends. They'll never see a fire like this again. (laughs) Can you believe it, his son writes? Rather than saying, oh God, what did I do to deserve this? 67 years I faithfully lived my life and this is what I get in return. He says, hey son, get your mother. This is one unbelievable sight. Look at this fire. <laughs> Edison's son continues to write, at 5.30 the next morning, when, fire, uh, when the fire was barely under control, he called his employees together and announced, we are rebuilding. 
One man was told to lease all the machine shops in the area. Another was called to, to lease a wrecking crane from the Erie Railroad Company. Then almost as an afterthought, he added, oh, and by the way, anybody know who we can get some money? <laughs> Later on, he explained, you can always make capital out of disaster. We'll just clear out a bunch of old rubbish. We'll build bigger and better on these ruins. And with that, he says, my dad rolled up his coat for a pillow, curled up on a table, and fell asleep. <laughs> what a great attitude. If you were to see your business or your house going up in flames, what would your attitude be like? Thomas Edison had a great attitude. He didn't see it as a problem. He saw this as an opportunity to rebuild. My friend, likewise, when something happens in your life, when the enemy gets the best of you and you may think, oh, all my dreams are, and my hopes are gone away, no, just know that God is in control. A third thing I want to talk about today, attitude adjustment, is this. Your attitude adjustment can take you from a pity party to a place of potential. A pity party to a place of potential. You see, because Joseph had the right attitude, because Joseph had a a blessed attitude, God was doing some amazing things in his life. Did he find himself in prison for falsely being accused? Yes. But you know what? God raised him up. And soon thereafter, he was given an opportunity to interpret a dream, and great things started unfolding for Joseph because God's favor was on him. And Joseph remained serving God, and I believe it was all because he had a great attitude. Let's pick up in verse 41 of chapter 41 here in Genesis. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Wow, you talk about a turn of events. How many know when you trust God, he's going to take care of everything, right? Then Pharaoh took his signet ring and put it on his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. And people shouted before him, make way. And thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Wow. Are you seeing what God did for Joseph? God was raising up this young man of God. Why? Because God had some great plans for Joseph. Were there some unexpected turns along the way? We talked about that last week. Yeah. Did some attitudes need to be adjusted? Yes. But in fact, God still had some plans. Now, Joseph had a choice. He could have chosen he could have chosen to throw himself into this pity party. Anybody been there? Oh, woe is me. God, I've been faithful to you, and look where I'm at. God, I don't understand why this is happening, and we may find ourselves in a pity party. That's not the greatest place to be. In fact, don't go there, right? Uh, Or he could choose to reach his potential. My friend, you have the same choice to make. When things don't go the way you plan them to go, and once again, things never go the way we plan them to. Things happen. Life happens. But when things don't go the way we, we expect them to go, guess what? We have a choice to make. We can find ourselves in a pity party, or we can find ourselves in a place of potential. Are we ready to find ourselves there? Got to keep on serving the Lord. Stephen Blandino says this. Let me give you his quote. He says, even when life doesn't make sense and our dreams face endless delays, God still requires us 
to be faithful stewards. I'm going to say that again. Even when life doesn't make sense and our dreams face endless delays, God still requires us to be faithful stewards. See, it's easy for us to make excuses. Well, God, I can't, I can't go to church because of this. I can't, I can't serve in loving people week because of this. And Hey, we're pretty good at excuses. Well, this is, this is happening here and this is happening there. But the bottom line is, are we faithful to God? Now, Jesus addressed great, uh, a great focus on attitudes. In fact, we call them the Beatitudes. They're found in Matthew chapter 5, and I'm not going to get into them now, but they're part of our Digging Deeper notes this week, Nine Attitudes to Live By. They're found in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus, this is one of his sermons right here, the Sermon on the Mount. And if you want to copy that there at the, at the Connection Hub, you can do that for your Connect group or your personal study. Let me give you this great quote about attitude by Charles Swindoll. He says this, The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures and successes, than what other people think or say or do. Attitude is more important than appearances, giftedness, or skill. Attitude will make or break a company a church, or a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude that we'll embrace, that we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people act a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react. I'm going to say that last phrase once again. He says, I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react. That's Joseph's story, and it's your story as well. The Scripture tells us that that God was with Joseph, but we also see the importance of what God has done in our lives. I'm going to ask, there's a number of individuals who went to the cleansing stream weekend, and some were in the first service, some are here today. Come on up here, would you? Just for a moment, come on up here and join me. I would love uh, for you guys just to, to come on up here, and we, I want to thank you because they, there was an, it was an awesome weekend of ministry, and the reason I'm asking them to come forward is because these are individuals who have a great attitude about the challenges of life, and cleansing stream, for those of you who are not familiar with this ministry, it's all about anybody who wants to overcome the challenges of life. I don't know about you, but I want to be an overcomer, okay? And we've offered this for many years at Fortress Church. There's some people who say, yeah, I want to be an overcomer. There's other people who say, ah, I don't care for those things. And some of you, we've, there's been many of you who've been through Cleansing Stream. Yesterday, we had a great weekend here in Burleson, Texas. It was a great weekend retreat, and these individuals did an awesome job. And they came before the Lord. You know, I remember a few years ago, uh, I was inviting someone, hey, there's some, there's some things I, I want you to overcome in your life. And, and, and she says, well, Pastor, I, I don't need to go. I don't have any issues. I mean, you don't have any issues. Okay. I mean, honestly, we all have issues. <laughs> we all have issues. I have issues. I've been to about five or six cleansing stream retreats, and God's still working on me. Okay. And until you're perfect, well, you don't, you don't have any issues. But there's some individuals who have a great attitude to say, you know what, I've got issues, but I'm going to overcome those issues, amen? 
There's some who say, I'm going to overcome those issues. And uh, April, thank you for leading Cleansing Stream. Tell us very quickly, what kind of weekend did you guys have in We Wilson? had such an amazing weekend. Um, yeah. I was so blessed to have uh, been part of the ministry team uh, for the retreat and as an anointer. And two, uh, we started in the beginning of the morning, and you see the people that are coming to pray for, to, that you have to pray for. And they're being a little bit resistant. But um, as the day goes by, you see their demeanor and their face changes because you're seeing how the Lord is healing them throughout the day. And they're overcoming so many obstacles in their lives and so many issues, soul ties, orphan heart. Um, there are so many things that we pray about. And some people come with the attitude like, oh, I'm going to this retreat, but there's nothing wrong with me. But once they start uh, discussing this different subjects, you um, find out that the Lord tugs at your heart. And he tells you, you need to deal with this because you're being uh, hiding that in the corner of your heart. Mm-hmm. And we need to deal with it today. And that's what has happened to the participants this weekend. Love that. Love that. Uh, I have uh, Suzette's a portion of her testimony. Can you put that on the screen? Suzette, right over here, she says that she's standing over here next to April. She says, prior to cleansing stream, I was asking God to help me because of the strongholds in my life. I learned the true meaning of God's love for me. Yesterday's session on rejection taught an area that I struggled with. As I walked up for prayer, I lost it. I cried and cried, and after that, I was free. I just sat there in amazement. I feel free of rejection. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Suzette. She's sitting right over here. And um, thank you for sharing that, Suzette. And, you know, God, God does a work in, in all of our lives. And, 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 and Carol, I'm going to give you the mic, okay? <laughs> Carol, tell me about your experience at Cleansing Stream, okay? It was amazing. I um, went in as a broken person, and I am whole. I am free. You know, I Amen. Just, it's a blessing, truly. I recommend it. Amen. She went in as a broken person, and now she is free. Anybody want to be free, right? And sometimes when we're in our brokenness, we're exactly what God wants, where we need to be, right? All right? JL, can I put you on the spot? <laughs> All right. Tell us, that. what did you experience at Cleansing Stream? I walked in it broken as well. Um, he freed me from shame, from past sin, um, from past abuse, um, just reading the prayers that they had there just freed me so much. Um, I cannot say I'm truly free. <laughs> truly free. Amen. Thank you, JL. Thank you for sharing that. Amen. God is good. Rebecca, what, what did God do for your cleansing stream? From what I want to say is that it was very touching um, to know that for seven weeks, that there's been people from the team that have been praying for us for seven weeks for us to get restored and for us to just be lifted up and and be free from everything from our past. And it's just really amazing how there's a lot of people that are in the back of this just, you know, being very, very beautiful to praise us and worship and just, Think of us and our past and just be revived from all that. So it's, I, to me, I feel like, you know how a child is so pure and a child doesn't know any pain or suffering, but then we as an adult, we start to go through our times and our past and, and it just hurts us. And going through the cleansing the stream, I just lived the fact that we're back to being that child again. We're back to being pure. We're back to 
getting rid of all that that just held us back and just put chains on us. And now we're just like free from all of that. All those chains have been broken and we don't carry that anymore because God has cleansed us and has given us his love to do that. So it's just beautiful. The whole thing is beautiful. And I just ask everybody to go to it. Amen. Amen. I kind of look at it this, that God has a way of bringing out the best in us. That's why I say God can take us from the pity party to a place of potential. Thank you so much. Let's give him a hand. Thank you for having the attitude that you want to be overcomers, right? Thank you. God bless. And you know what? Every single one of us can be overcomers as well. And cleansing stream is just a tool that God uses to help you be an overcomer. Are anybody ready to be an overcomer? Amen. I want to be an overcomer. And I want to encourage you, the next session we're going to do, keep your eyes and ears open. We're looking at about August or so. And, you know, you don't want to miss out. If there's anything that God wants to do in your life, let him do it in the name of Jesus. Well, once again, it all begins with our attitude. Because if you have the attitude, I don't need those things. I don't need to go to a connect group. I don't need to go to Bible study. Then you know what? That's an attitude that God cannot work with. Some of us need an attitude adjustment. I don't need to go to the men's group. Nah, 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 I'm fine. I don't need to go to the men. No, what I'm saying is your attitude sets you up for success or failure. But the choice is yours. You can go from seeing your issues as problems or opportunities. You can go from being in the pity party or a place of potential, but the choice is yours. Would you stand with me right now? We're going to prepare for a time of prayer. And before we, we come to the altars, there's a few prayer points I'd like for us to be aware of that I believe God wants to direct us in in our prayer right now. Number one, we can ask God to reveal to you the negative attitudes you are dealing with right now. What are some negative attitudes? Number two, we can ask God to help you see your problems as opportunities. Are you ready to do that? Number three, ask God to remove the obstacles in your life that are keeping you from reaching your potential. How many know there's obstacles? All of us have obstacles. And the enemy puts them there because he doesn't want you to reach your potential. And number four, Thank God for using the circumstances in life to draw you closer to him. Do you realize that the circumstances you've been dealing with are leading you to a place where you can be closer to God? Would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? Lord, would you speak to us right now? I know, Lord God, you are in this place, and through the Holy Spirit, you are ministering in this place. Speak to us right now. My friend, as you stand here in God's house today, I ask you the question, is Jesus Lord of your life? Is Jesus Lord of your life? Or did somebody just drag you to church? How important is God in your life? I'm asking you today to consider a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want that and you say, you know what, I've, I really don't have Jesus in my heart. Today, I want to invite you to make the best decision you could ever make. That's to invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. If that's you, if you want to make that choice, would you raise your hand? We want to encourage you because, once again, it's a matter of eternal life. Others of you, you've been going through some difficult circumstances. Maybe you've been falsely accused like Joseph was. 
Maybe you've been rejected by your family or others like Joseph was. Can we have the right attitude, a godly attitude to say, Lord, I may not understand why these things have happened, but Lord, I want to trust you. I want to believe in you from this day forward. If you just need the embrace of God during the difficult times, maybe you can identify with Joseph's challenges. Maybe you want to lift up your hand and say, that's me. I just, I just want to put all my challenges in the right perspective, in God's perspective. Amen. Amen. The altars are open here at the front. Would love for you to spend some quality time with the Lord. If you need prayer, there are prayer partners to my right and to my left. We would love the privilege of praying with you, praying over you, because we believe that Jesus is speaking to you even now. And I'm going to ask you right now, what is Jesus saying to you right now? What is the Lord speaking into your life right now? And now let's just simply respond. What is God saying to you? The altars are open. If you need prayer, the prayer partners are here. If you want to get alone with God, you can do so. But for the next few minutes, we're going to call on God. I invite you to come and join us. Would you come?